One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So welcome down to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with producer Guy. And actually, you might hear from a little bit of ambient noise today. We're actually filming this outside. We are. We're sat in the, would you call it a courtyard? Yeah, I would. Of the Marriott Worsley Park Golf and Country Club. Yeah, it's very pleasant. So long story short, I know we've had a couple of instances recently where filming has been a slight issue. We had the uh, couple of episodes, the episode we shouldn't ever talk about ever again. Uh, we were back in the garage last week, but unfortunately I'm having some jobs done at the house today so there's noise and we didn't want to disappoint we didn't want to have to push back the podcast to a wednesday because we know how much you love it on a tuesday now we so we're here outside we, we actually filmed or recorded a podcast in the past with uh, steve brotherhood the caddy episode outside um so we've we thought we'd try it again it's actually a lovely week here in the uk it's so lovely it's- here it's just for you, though. It's the downside of living in a castle, isn't it? There's a lot of maintenance. <laughs> You've always got bills in the moat, needs uh, rewatering the fish, the exotic, the carp need feeding the moat, etc. So, yeah, I mean, the horses in the stables and all <laughs> sorts. Yeah, listen, it's, it's a tough life, but keep those YouTube views coming in, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like I say, it's, uh, I'm having a few little tweaks and changes. And also, I've got some plans and some changes to uh, enhance the um, garage simulator. Oh, nice. So, hopefully. In the next few weeks, I might produce. I might even do a new video on it. Who knows? Because I hinted at a video that's coming out soon that I've had a putting green put in the garden as well. So hopefully, my putting might improve, and uh, if I can get the home simulator sorted, my golf might improve again. Yes, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So (laughs) last week's show was good, wasn't it? Honestly, I thought so. We that was the first time that we opened up with just a very simple question. And simply spoke for 40 minutes on a topic about good golfers. It caused uproar on social media. The Facebook group went crazy. Everyone had a different definition on it. It was all over Twitter. It was all over our new Instagram page, which, by the way, plug, plug, it's just reached 10.5 thousand followers. So thanks so much to everybody that follows the new Rick Shields golf show uh, podcast uh, Instagram page. So make sure you get over there, a little behind the scenes. In fact, I'm going to post a picture of exactly where we are on there so you can can see. I'm going to take the picture now. And if you jump over to the Instagram page. Oh, that looks good. You'll see yeah. exactly where we are filming this podcast today. Well, speaking about good golf, we've had we asked last week at the end of that episode for people to send in some emails to tell us what they think good golf is, what good golf looks like, etc. So I've handpicked, and actually this week, by the way, we had a copious amount of emails. It was borderline too many. <laughs> so last, I was like um, that kid in school that revises the night before his test. Last night I was sat in the garden because, again, as the weather was nice, I was looking through all the emails, replied to a few really good ones, read them all. So we've got a few that I handpicked. But if you remember, Rick, we said the other week that if you want to get your email read by us is to put like a really bold title. Clickbait. 
basically. Well, I got clickbaited. Okay. I thought I was the, the master of clickbait. I thought together we were team clickbait, but actually I got clickbaited last night. So I had an email from Ben Johnson, okay? Okay. It was titled Yellow Polka Dot Underpants. Okay. He's got you, Annie. So he had me. Right. And, and, but what was even worse, I knew it was clickbait, obviously. <laughs> but I still thought, what's he saying? And all it was was, hi, Guy and Rick. Uh, I figure the title might get your attention. So straight away, he's like, got you. He knows. I've fallen back in, in love with golf, partly due to your content. The videos and the pods are just brilliant. So thank you. Um, I've just had a quick question, which I thought might spark a decent debate. And rather than post it on the Facebook group, I thought you pair of fine chaps might want to discuss it. Oh, this is quite good. I, you know what? Actually, this is bad. I didn't even really read this last line. So the question was, do tour pros enjoy golf as much as amateurs? And that's the question. That is the question. What a great question. Should we maybe come back to that and save it for a little bit and let's have a thing? Yeah, let, me, want... let me marinate that a little <laughs> bit because I feel like there's lo- lots of uh, lots of angles well, I'll tell you we can what I'll go do then is that. I'll write a note in here about tour pros so we don't forget to go do back to Do tour pros enjoy golf more than amateurs or do amateurs enjoy golf more than tour pros? That's really interesting. I'd, yeah, you know what? That's I've, I've one, got that. some good takes on that as well. I'll come back to that. Well, speaking, to the go- speaking about the good golf emails then, we've got a couple. So we had one from Brian which I'll just pull up now. Um, there was a complete mixture of opinions, but it was so good. So Ryan said, um, just finished binging the podcast, and in your last episode, you were debating what does good golf mean. I think that you can be a good at golf while not being a good golfer, and vice versa. I look at good at golf as a player who follows the rules, keeps a pace of play, etc. And regardless of skill, while someone who is a good golfer is someone who scores well. So if you had a player on the tour who cheated or just made poor sportsmanship, they're obviously a great golfer, but at the same time, they're a bad golfer. Just food for thought, he put. So we kind of touched on that last week, but it's it's interesting to hear people. Yeah, I think there's two angles on it. You, you and when it when it's good golfer, I think you've got to separate performance and all round ability mm-hmm. versus how much of a nice person they yeah. are, how good a person they are. Because if you're a good person, you don't cheat. If you're a mm-hmm. good person, you play by the rules. If you're a good person, you do things that are, are ethically correct. You can be a very talented, good golfer, but have none of those good attributes when it comes to rules and etiquette and everything else. But I don't think that makes you a bad golfer. Yeah. It makes you a bad person. True. But I wouldn't say it's a bad golfer. I think... Personally, for me, I think golf has still got to be based on ability at that player's level. Yeah. It, but, it, as opposed to actually their person personality traits and traits stuff. As yeah. Such, yeah. And then, well, Sean emailed in and he said, loving the podcast, um, I think when Rick read out what a good meant, the word desire was mentioned. So I believe if you're a good golfer playing at a standard where other people wish they could reach that level, then that's a good golfer in my opinion. Which I get, but equally... Again, if you're off 28 and you sometimes can break 100 and a new golfer who can't break 140, they might desire to be you. So does that make you a good golfer? I don't know. Everybody wants to be in everybody's shoes. There's yeah. a saying about that. Yeah. Everybody wants, you know, when you look at somebody else's life or you look at someone else's, you know, whatever it may be, somebody always wants to be in your shoes. It doesn't matter how good you are at golf unless you are literally Tiger Woods. I wonder if Tiger Woods ever looks and goes, I wish I was that person. Never. Apart from maybe Jack and the majors. I wonder how much he thinks about that. Anyway, it's US Open Week, so it'll be interesting to see. We're going to come on to that. golf course looks exactly. ridiculous, um, by the way. And the last one about good golf was actually from a brother. He started listening to the show. Nice. So my brother, Giles. He sent me a text, actually, after they'd listened, and he said, for me, 
whether somebody is a good golfer is relative to what you're measuring them against. Again, it's kind of what we've touched on. It's quite a good. It's yeah. A full handicapper compared to a twenty-eight handicapper is really good, but a full handicapper compared to Tiger Woods is woeful. So it's, it's yeah, it's your ability, yeah, compared to someone else's. And if you want to get on the podcast, just uh, just text Guy. Yeah, that's, that's all you've got to do, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I've not ran this um, email past you yet, but this is possibly what we're going to title the podcast as. Okay. So we're going to think of a clickbaity title. So you've already, by the time you listen to this, you'll already seen the title. It's going to be something about when's, when do you quit golf or should you quit golf or something. But we've had an email from James Robbins. Okay. Not to be mistaken as John Robbins, our oh, friend yeah. at Bad Golf. This is James Robbins. So... Um, love the podcast, etc., which is great. My question is, am I wasting my time? I've been playing golf for eight years. In the last two years, I had to try... Sorry, I can't speak this morning. I've had too much monster. Bear with me. I decided <laughs> to try and take it more seriously and make a serious effort to improve. I've taken lessons on a more routine schedule about once every three weeks with a great coach who has me ripping it during my lessons. I practice daily on my fundamentals and had weekly range sessions. I play about three or four times a month and hit the range twice a week and still have very little improvement. When do you have to tell yourself this is as good as I can be? I play off 23 handicap and I've broken 90 just once. My goal is to be a routine 80s golfer. I've even taken just... So skipping through a bit, sorry. So basically that's it. When is enough enough? Is the talent just not there for me? Thanks for your time. So he wants to shoot in the 80s all the time. Yes. He's grinding his arse off. He's off 23. And when, has he, has he specified how much time he's actually putting in? Well, he's not put the actual times of each thing, but he's saying that he has less than every three weeks with a good coach. He's playing three or four times a month, so what's that once a week? He's hitting the range twice a week. So... Yeah. I mean, it's, that I would be lying if I said i've not coached students that to some degree their ability their hand-eye coordination their natural flair the way they move their body the way they have limited range of movement whatever it may be i have seen golfers become limited in their progress to get better regardless of their aim regardless of their goal they just don't quite have that ability hand-eye coordination however if I was to give people advice about improving, it's about what you're doing when you go and practice. I mean, three yeah. times a week, three times a month playing isn't loads. No. Not really. You know, it's, it might be all you can play, which is fine. The times you're going down to the driving range, if you're going twice a week, are you practicing the things that are actually stopping you from breaking 90? Or are like, you just pulling out the driver and smacking it? Like John Robbins, weirdly. <laughs> whether it's a relation or not a relation to James, uh, John. Um, James, sorry. John said when he wanted to improve this year, when lockdown took place, he really did dive into his data yeah. and he really looked at areas of his game that he fundamentally knew he could improve on because he was taking four shots out of a bunker or he was taking six three-puts around or whatever it may be. And he honed in on those aspects Regardless of whether, let's say, uh, James struggles with driver, let's just say for example, and he does hit it badly with driver, is he going down to the driving range every single week and practicing his driver, and then actually miss miss um, and, and analyzing that he's taking forty puts around, yeah. or he's taking 
10, 10 too many chips or he's taking four too many bunker shots that, per I, round. I think to that some degree, I, everyone still does that in a way where like it's quite common. Say if I hit a good drive, right, and then I miss the green with an eight iron, and then I put a chip to like seven foot, and then miss the putt for par. You're annoyed that you've missed the putt, but you're not expected to hold every seven footer. It's the chip that was bad, and certainly the iron shot that was bad. So that's probably what you need to work on rather than going rolling a few putts. But everyone's done that, haven't they? But you'll go to the driving range and you practice your driving. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's or, or thing, practice your putting. Like, yeah. And those two things are actually all right. It's the fact that you've missed a green from 150, 160, yeah. and you've missed a, you've put a chip not close enough. Yeah, my advice, if, if James is getting lessons from a good coach, he's saying it's a good coach, Maybe booking an on-course lesson. I know it's more expensive. It takes more time. But it, it, you might only need one of those lessons every... Th- you might take one on-course lesson in six weeks, let's mm-hmm. say. And the amount of information you learn in that one lesson out on the golf course where a coach can fundamentally look at you and go, oh, bloody hell, why have we worked on you driving for the last six months yeah. when you've not held a single put all yeah. day? Like, what is this about? So I think having that reflection having that little insight from somebody from from the outside world and that's possibly where even my, I got really guilty of it when I was a go- coach at Trafford Golf Centre when I was coaching literally six days a week and students were just packed on top of each other I was fit, I was teaching 12 hours a day non-stop it was it was somewhat of a you, you could never really dive right into the depth of why a golfer wasn't good enough you know sometimes you'd end up just becoming a bit too focused on technique as opposed to really looking at it from a holistic standpoint and going well actually if we proper look into this it's because of x y and z not because of a b and c yeah so i wouldn't quit i would just try and really figure out John, where uh, sorry, James, I'm getting mixed up you between know what, my John and James. Well, I've, I've left a little bit out there. So you said a follow up email. I sent him one back and said thanks. We're going to talk this in tomorrow's show. So make sure you're listening. Okay. He then <laughs> sent on. another one, and I'm getting Rob Potter vibes here. He then said, um, "I've also got fitted for new tightest diets and started dieting and exercising and lost ten pounds. I went all in." So what he's saying is he's literally given. Don't say he's given his life to golf, but he's very, very serious. Is he doing too much for his handicap? we sometimes talk about rob our friend of the show rob potter i'm sure a lot of you know from rick's videos mid handicap tester rob's a good player he's off nine is he nine or eight eight, nine nine. now yeah well and he's finally got to where he should be at but he spent in my opinion and probably rick's to some degree too long being so analytical and so obsessive and just instead of playing the game which i think he knows deep down but he just loves golf and that's fair play rob's a great guy but it sounds a bit like with james he's a little bit like that he's on a losing weight which is great but he's losing weight he's getting fitted for clubs which again he's good he's having lessons he's doing all the right things but I can get in, even just from that one email or two emails, I'm getting the feeling that he's hardened himself, that he's he's just not necessarily enjoying it as much as he should be. He's too focused on handicap, focused on score. And I can imagine him being the kind of guy where, he, I might be talking rubbish here, but he turns up to the golf course an hour before the comp, he's practicing, he's putting, his swing feels awesome, he gets on the first tee, triple bogey, his head's gone. And you can get that other end of the spectrum. Like I said a minute ago, you can almost go into it slightly blind and not work on the right things. Or like you say, a Rob Potter vibe or what, you know, with this follow-up email that that James has sent, this idea that you can dive into it too much. Like I always said to Rob, when Rob was probably hardest on himself is when he actually put the most time and work in and he would let's say he'd have personal training sessions he'd get fitted for all these golf clubs he'd turn up with three different measure you know measuring devices yeah. a, a, a watch a bush uh, like a range finder you know he'd, he'd have the wind thermometer out he'd have the you know the wind gauge and if all he's sorts. not already he'll be getting a whoop band won't he soon 100 like he is too much i always i said to him one time this is what i want you to do and he never did it i wish he did 
go out Friday night, get wasted. Like, go out and drink 10 pints, wake up the next day, be 10 minutes... Get a taxi to the golf course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Rick will pick you up. Like, arrive 10 minutes before your tea time, have no warm-up, and yeah. go and play. With no expectation level, just go and play golf. Don't take your range finders. Don't map the golf course. I don't. You don't know where the pins are. Just go and play golf. Yeah. And and there is some element of that. I know I, I know I perform personally best when I actually don't overanalyze. I hate getting to the golf course too early. I end up changing. I almost change too many things. I actually like just arriving twenty minutes early, hitting ten golf shots, ten putts, and off I go. That's how I find I perform at my optimum. I think for most optimum. people, because surely as well, last thing on this, but if you're doing all those things, or at least sound like the right things, lessons every three weeks, range twice a week, golf every weekend, losing weight, getting fitted, on paper, it's brilliant. But then think about how much pressure you're putting on yourself when you get up to that first tee in a comp. All that money you've spent, all that time you've spent, you're almost thinking, if I don't play well today and get my handicap down, I've wasted time and I've wasted money, instead of just going out and playing and enjoying it. So, in a word, Rick... Yes or no, should James quit golf? He should not quit golf. I don't, Genuinely, I don't believe anybody should quit golf until, I don't know, when do you quit golf? Um, don't quit golf, but debate quitting golf if you need to get a good YouTube video. We did a while ago, but uh, at the time I quit tournament <laughs> golf, it's a bit of a, gets a few views in. Yeah, that was genuine, though. That I was actually, a good video. I actually genuinely wanted to quit golf after that. Well, that's that. a good one to watch, actually. I'm a serious note, because that's done, that time when you obviously went to Lumina, we've done, done a full episode on this, so we're not going to discuss it again in too much depth, but that was when you probably, from when I've known you, at your lowest in terms of golf yeah. and how much you're enjoying it, and literally debated not playing golf again in the tournament, which I don't think you probably have, actually. But even so, like you were actually getting sick of the game to some degree in that it sense. It was more the pressure I was putting myself on in the tournament, and... Yeah. and wrongly because i was putting pressure on myself without actually putting any work in so i wasn't really practicing i wasn't getting prepared and then expecting to play in a tournament and play well which is just so you know you, you can't do that in my my own personal opinion so that was quite good very good it was good to hear your opinion on that um <laughs> if you like james have maybe this could be a new feature it could be called dear rick Dear Rick, and it's, yeah, okay. yeah, this is right. This is it now. This is like a new feature. It. It's called Dear Rick, and for this one, for this feature only, you have to start the email with Dear Rick and Guy. Okay. Oh. So normally it's Hi Guy and Rick, but for Dear Rick, it's Dear Rick and Guy. Let's let's give Rick his moment he deserves. <laughs> um, and if you've got, uh, we don't want to be like too dark and down. If you've got a bit of a problem with your golf or an issue, it can be a bit nerdy and technical with your swing, possibly, but more just general things like this is really good. Let's call it Dear Rick. Email it. It can be anonymous. It could be anonymous. It might be about your family. Yeah. It might be about people who stop you playing golf. Yes. I.e. other halves. Yes. How do, you, how do you deal with that? Yes. How can you get a sneaky round of golf after work? Yes. In work? <laughs> also, if you ever need um, a forger doctor's note so that you can't be in work for a week, Mr. Sh- Dr. Shields can do that for you. Exactly. I'm sure I'm sure with a PGA you get a doctorate um, as well. So that yeah, that can be, so email us, podcast at rickshields.com. And it's going to be called a dear Rick. Um, and you and you can like say stay anonymous, and we'll we'll give we'll give a magazine like advice yes. here on the podcast. Ideally, let us know um, in the email if you do want to stay anonymous as well, because that does help us. We do normally email back with pe- to people that have got like ones that we're not sure on, but it would help us. So a nice email, then, Rick, um, that we had in this week. It's it's one that is 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 borderline like what would be a dear Rick, but. Not quite. It's from um, it's from Jonathan. He's kind of borderline then anonymous, anonymous. So that's kind of all the info I'm giving on him. But it was titled a genuine thank you. So we kind of didn't go down the clickbaity route, but it still got me. Yeah. Um, 
and also he got me the opening line. We like I, a bit of praise. He said, yeah, it was quite praisey, but he started off. He almost went, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the phrase for this. But he, he put, I don't expect a response, but I really want to just say thank you. So I saw that and thought, all right, don't expect a response, don't we? I'm, You're getting a response now. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I see a, a few people have done that in the past, and I'm like, clever that yeah it's like clever that oh so you're telling me what respond on right okay well, i responded or something like i know you won't read this yeah. rick and you're like well i'm reading it oh god you've got you've got me yeah well he did get me but also it was quite a, i might not read every word for it, it was quite a long email but basically um he said below is why slash how you've helped me through a tough time um and it is quite sad to start towards the end of last year uh, my wife and i suffered a miscarriage it's been hard to work through and hard to talk about. It's been something we've kept between us for a long time and it felt as though we couldn't talk to our closest friends and family. So, first of all, very sorry to hear that. Yeah, really sorry um, to hear that. But fortunately, it does get, get a lot better than that. Um, so, my brother plays off six and often invites me to go and play golf with him. But I've never really gone because I'm awful. But in July this year, he asked me, and this time I said, yeah. And my wife said it would be good to get out and think about something else, reconnect with your brother, and you might know you might enjoy it. I went along and loved it. I loved being out, thinking about how my awful my last shot was and what to do to improve next. Trying to understand why I sliced every shot. Not just that, but it was great to talk to my brother. Someone who I have had a good relationship with, but really we have a talk. It felt like now we had a common ground, and after a couple more rounds with him, I managed to open up about the hard times, and it helped massively. I wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for going around on that first round of golf. Now to where you guys come in. After shooting 140 and a par 72, which is... If if you are counting every shot... That's you, pretty bad. Yeah, it is. But equally, to, to be fair, if you actually go out for the first ever round and count every shot and play... Because his brother's off six, I'm guessing yeah, yeah. they play properly. No, yeah, that's yeah. three off the tee. No, you knock that in. Yeah. Like, yeah it's that's, like, like, that's like tough brotherly love, isn't yeah. it? Like, if it was someone else, you go, oh, don't worry, another one down there. Yeah, yeah don't so, worry. But that's like, no, you, you're doing everything by the book here. Yeah, exactly. So I respect that. Um, I went home and watched loads of your videos. Perfect. Not just the tutorials, but I loved all the content. I got some cheap second-hand Dunlop clubs, hit hundreds of balls at the range, and last week, on my fifth round of 18 holes, shot 102. Wow. Solid. Um, not great, but I'm happy with seeing an improvement each time, and I can't wait to break 100. That's going to be coming soon, hasn't it? If he's on 102 already, it's coming. I, I, I just quite like this idea. I improved him already by 38 shots. Yeah. <laughs> So if you call that a ten or a shot, he owes you three hundred eighty quid. <laughs> As for your podcast, it's been a great listen. Um, I'm not going to say what it was for a living because that didn't want to, but um, he listens to it going to work. I started the podcast at the start of September, so he's a new listener. I'm loving all the episodes. I'm still on episode fifteen, so no spoilers. <laughs> but the only bad thing was he then put, "I love the change my mind section, which we haven't done for ages, but maybe we'll do that again." Oh yeah, insightful reviews, product information, and dark discussion. So Ooh, he is quite a long way away. Got, I've had to let him down some, a bit. Oh, he's, he's quite. He's going to be upset, and he is the new he's, one. He's going to listen to this episode in like December. <laughs> well, no, he's, he has since said he's going to come and listen to it early. So he's going to be a bit disappointed that there's no darts, there's none of that stuff. Um, He'll be switching off. <laughs> yeah. And then he said, um, the darts discussion, honesty, and it's clear friendship between you both. That's weird, because when we put these down, we don't even speak. <laughs> these mics go down, so see you later, Rick. Um, don't even say bye. Yeah. You both make it sound such a joy to listen to. Da, da, da. So I know it was quite long, but just let me finish this off, because it is really good. So to top it off, I found a new hobby. Last month, we found out my wife is pregnant. Brilliant at 20 news. weeks. Um, so basically continued... It's a bit longer than that, but long story short, and he thought again, like I said, I don't expect a response. You're very busy people. Just <laughs> let you know, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, that was 
Jonathan. Um, it was a lovely email, and it was great to hear. I know it was quite long-winded, so thanks to everyone for just bearing with that. But it was great to hear how Rick's videos and the podcast have helped somebody through a bit of a tough time, well, a very tough time, and get into this game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, you know, Jonathan, I've never really ever spoke about this publicly or anything, but we had our first, first pregnancy had a miscarriage wow. and that was um it's it's horrible it's a horrible situation we went for like the 12 week scan and we got bad news and it was it was dreadful it really did hit us by six but you know luckily and i know it doesn't happen for everyone but luckily we managed to fall pregnant again and have our first now obviously we've got three um but yeah it's it's a horrible time so i'm glad golf managed to take your mind off it reconnect with your brother it's, it's good to talk about it sometimes i think i think as men we bottle things up yeah, as well sure. a little bit and i think uh Opening up to a family member, a brother, you know, and out on the golf course, you can do that. Two, whether it's two hours playing nine holes, four hours playing eighteen holes, you can you can just chit chat. The amount of time, I, like my wife so, said to me, like let's say I've played with a few friends. Oh, what did you talk about? And I'm like, I'm not actually sure what we talked yeah. about, but we never stopped talking. Well, that that's why, especially as lads or blokes or whatever, and, and maybe the same for, for for women, but I can't speak on their behalf. Cause I only really ever play with a group of my friends, but. It's a mix. And you're not a woman. Yeah, and you're not a woman. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> Joking. But like, <laughs> you, you go out and you 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 um you talk about a mixture of the game that's literally in front of you. So, oh, that was a good shot. What did you hit there? Did it? And a mixture of oh, the weekend. What? How's work going? It's like it's a mix, isn't it? And it it's does a really weird mix. It like, does take it, your mind off life. It's just chat, but it but it it works. It's chatting about like say work, life, relationships, like sport. You know, I think I think uh, again can't speak on on the the female side, but as as men, I think social gatherings like that. I think that's why they go to the pub. And I've, I'm not saying that's something I'd do, but um, like just chat, don't we? And and I think yeah. on the golf course, that's the one of the best things about golf is that you end up just chatting. A lot of it is nonsense. A lot of it is not memorable, but it's still chit chat. Well, you know what's so good about golf as well. And this is something I've only realised in the last kind of six months, maybe a year. And I don't want to sound all spiritual because I'm not remotely, but you know, like the whole term of like mindfulness and being in the moment and, and not being thinking too far ahead or too, you know, thinking about what you're doing at that moment in time. And if you ever read anything about people that want to kind of feel better emotionally or whatever or mentally, mindfulness is like the number one thing you should be doing. It's it's being in the moment you're in. And that can be quite hard if you're just driving the car on the motorway just to be constantly thinking about you're in the car. But when you're on the golf course, actually, certainly in a four ball or playing with friends, you literally spend so much time thinking about right how I'm going to play this shot, and you hit the shot. Oh, that wasn't the best shot. Actually. I should hit this. And and what you actually kind of realise is the side effect of playing golf. You're in the moment. Yeah. You almost don't get chance to like. Although it's a long walk and it's four hours long, but if you're playing like with friends, certainly there's so much going on. And you actually for that four hours you are in the moment. Yeah. And even if you've got problems at home to then go back to, you've had four hours escapism to actually think. You know, life's not too bad after yeah, all. Exactly. So that, was, that was quite deep. That, but I enjoyed that, Rick. <laughs> Um, so one more little email and then we'll come on to what's probably going to be the biggest part of the podcast today which okay. we talked about and we need to come on to Ben we need to talk about US Open we've got a, a lot. little bit this could be a longer today let's sit back just, everybody let's just, you know, right, we've got a few people that keep staring at us because that's outside yeah, with we're, microphones we're literally just outside with, and with microphones and headphones on again what, look at the Instagram page to see what, what yeah. we look like um, but yeah, a lot of people are looking at us, but who cares, eh? So we've got... Hopefully, the, uh, it, well, for me, I don't know, it sounds really nice. It does. Like, so far, we're going to listen back, it's going to be horrendous, we have to do it all again. But I quite like the birds chirping in the background, a little bit of uh, greenkeeper noise as well, so no, it's very well, nice. Also, actually something, uh, Rick, just, I've not even told you this yet, but most people listening are listening on Apple um, Podcast or Spotify, 
Um, I think a few people listen on Google, but we've now listened on iHeartRadio. Wow. We've got acceptance iHeartRadio. Annoyingly, I had a look, I downloaded download the app this morning. I don't think iHeartRadio app is available in the UK. I may be wrong. But if you are in the US and iHeartRadio is your preferred platform and you know, listen on that, do go over and subscribe because you may as well subscribe. That would be quite good, actually, if you could subscribe on every different platform. Even if you only listen on one, subscribe on them all. And listen on all three. Yeah, listen I mean, again. It all, it and all again. counts, you know what I mean? Just put it on repeat when you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> It'll certainly make you sleep. <laughs> right, so it's time for do your theme tune. Da, 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 da. Yep, listener of the week. That's not how it originally started, but that's what it's formed into. Um, it's possibly not, and I'm going to say it now, I'm going to be open, it's not the best we've ever had. Okay. Um, I was in need of one last night, and I just found one that was half decent. So it's from Mark Hawkins, who seems like quite a, a banter man. He seems quite like... <laughs> Cocky and quite so I don't think he'll mind me saying that his email wasn't the best ever. But it's what hi guy and Rick, a huge fan of the podcast, quite new to golf, plays a teenager and it was horrendous, so gave up quickly and started playing again about two years ago. But then he put due to work commitments brackets I'm in the military, close brackets. So I kind of thought he's put that in there because he knows that flex. he's gonna get a bit of a flex. I'm gonna respect him obviously for, for that, and he's he's probably gonna get his listener of the week for being in the military. So fair dues, you are, Mark. Um <laughs> at the end of his email is also um <laughs> you can tell he's like a military guy he's put Is he from the US? Well I don't know because normally military is a US term, yeah. isn't it? But he's, I just feel you, I mean he's, right he's got so. a dot code at UK email address. Oh right. Because um, military in the US and rightly so gets so many, you know, Discounts and, and advantages and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Rightly so. I, I don't think we do that in the UK. Even like you know, when they take the luggage off the carousel in the in America. Like the US uh, military bags come out first oh, and all class. sorts. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, and, and like boarding the plane, they go on first. Anyway, carry on. No, it's. He's, <laughs> <laughs> they then said, "I can go months at a time without picking up a club." I spent the first six months of the year in a foreign country, and I'm currently abroad again. Two weeks down, six to go. Whilst away, I spend hours watching your videos either on Facebook or YouTube. Please give me a shout out, for listener of the week. So. Um, he's put some screenshots. He's done standard. He's gone for um, subscribing to the YouTube channel. Follows Rick on Insta. Follows a new at the Rick Shields Golf Show on Insta. Follows on Facebook. Is member of the podcast group. He subscribes to the podcast and gives it a five star review. So he's not gone down the route of your Twitters, your TikToks, etc. Your second YouTube channel. But he's in the military. <laughs> he's he's a bit right. of a banter man. He's put on his signature from Mark Hawkins. And in the middle, he's put like his. his um, his nickname must be like Chunk, but then he's put like brackets around the C, so it's like Hunk. Oh, nice. So, Mark Hawkins, as you listen to this, hopefully you're safe wherever you are, but you are this week's Listener of the Week, brought to you by Rick Shields Golf Media. Right, US Open Week. Yes. Wingfoot looks ridiculous. Okay. How much have you seen of it? Not a lot. So, I'm going to watch it this weekend, though. The golf course, based in New York, it looks out of this world, super long, as most open golf courses, as most major tournaments are. Um, the rough, you see all the, how many times have you seen a ball being dropped from waist high into rough and the ball disappears? Yeah. So it shows, obviously, the rough's pretty mean. Obviously, Tiger's back in the field, a lot of massive names. I feel really sorry for um, Sam Horsfield, who hopefully we're going to do some videos with in the future. He's done really well over here in the UK. Uh, won two tournaments in the English swing. He actually uh, contract uh, 
had tested and got positive for coronavirus. So he's had to oh, pull out, man. which is a nightmare. So hopefully um, he'll have many more um, opportunities to play in the US Open, I'm sure, but it must be devastating. Um, but yeah, it should be good. I'm hoping that... It's going to be DJ winning it. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if, <laughs> if Rory's going to do well after the birth of his uh, little girl or whether I don't know whether that makes any difference whether it takes his mind off it as we well there was actually before, a thing or... recently what sport was it now I can't remember but bear with me there was a thing that apparently when athletes have a birth of a child they've actually gone on to perform the following it was Danny Willett was Danny Willett yeah Not... yeah yeah and he... Sergio possibly well, oh no Sergio was after I think well but... Danny Willett yeah it must have been after because he called his baby yeah, Azalea Azalea like the plant yeah. Danny Willett was a weird one because he got into the Masters his wife fell pregnant and it fell around the time of the Masters so he was kind of borderline not going to play the baby came early he jumped on a plane played in the Masters won it done like I think he went in with no expectation level I mean that was a that was a mad one but yeah I think it's going to be good um, Wingfoot looks incredible I'd love to play that place but like say the golf course and Tiger and it's a major and then not long it'll be the Masters and then in six months again it'll be the Masters again I, th- I feel like we've got a good lineup of golf. I'm going to make equipment this weekend. I've got I just, um, you know, Now TV that's available in the UK. Yeah. You can watch all these Sky Sports because the football season's now restarted. I've got an offer. I've caught an offer. It's still quite expensive. It's 25 quid a month for Now TV. So you get all the Sky Sports channels. So I'm going to make a commitment to watch as much as I can this weekend of the golf. And on Sunday night in particular, if it's New York, it won't be too far behind us, will it? It'll be like five no, hours be maybe. Fine, that. So I'm going to try and watch all of that on Sunday or all the. Um, the closer play on Sunday on the podcast next Tuesday. I'll be like a proper golf nerd. And okay. I'll be like, oh God, Patrick Reed strokes gained going down eighteen. Oh man, oh God. You'll know that guy. What's he called? Higgins. Yeah, yeah. That's I can't what remember I'll... his name now, but something Higgins. So next week's podcast about when these really cool American like golf pre- podcast. We'll, we all have nicknames. Play. We call him Deej, the Goat. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking about Tradge. Like, yeah, he's that... going to turn into no laying up. Basically, we'll have to come up with a nickname for you. Like Guy the Man. <laughs> guy Dog. <laughs> guy Dog. Yeah, that'll be good. By the way, Ray, don't look now, but there's a group of lads behind you, well, quite far away, and it, in the UK now, it's 23 minutes past 10 in the morning, they're drinking pints. Oh, respect that. Pints of lager. See, I don't, that makes me feel sick. I like that. On the other side, of the, on the other side, there's a, a really grown-up man and lady drinking bottles of Highland Spring water, and that's so much more my scene. <laughs> really relaxed, and Rick's looking over now awkwardly. The lads over there as well are, um, I don't know if they're on like a golf weekend, but they don't like, they look, there's about eight of them. There's a couple of, there's a couple of lads on the <laughs> Coke on one table, not Coke, Coca-Cola, sorry, <laughs> on one table. That, that's a table that I'd be a on. Party. That's like the kind of sensible lads. I think they're probably texting the girlfriends like, oh yeah, we had a quiet one last night, we're going to play 18 holes. And the other side of the table, the one that Rick could be on, the danger lads. <laughs> Hungover, but having another pint just to get rid of it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah, where me I'm and Rick differ, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, definitely. When it comes to alcohol and lad bants. I'm yeah. just a bantosaurus, you know me. <laughs> Um, well, now I've got the main event, the main course. Well, the one de la creme. very quick one. Go on, okay. We'll follow back on Ben's question. Oh, yeah, okay. Seeing it, we just finished. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I forgot what it was already now. Do you think tour players enjoy oh, golf yeah, more than amateurs? No. I don't. I think they enjoy getting paid, obviously. I, see, I think work. they see it much more of a job. To work. Yeah. What well, what I sometimes think is weird as sportsmen, and I've heard rumours that Molinari's got a couple of years left and he's gone. Francesco, he's done, he's retiring, he's earned a load of money, he's won a major, he's done. Is he the most of most most decorated Italian golfer ever? As far as I know he is. Unless it was somebody years ago, but as far as I yeah, can think I would, obviously I would he's the most think so. So we've got a legend. You're probably gonna miss someone that obviously. Probably but not I can think. Unless it was someone like the sixties or the early yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. But as far as I know, he's the most decorated Italian golfer, so he can go and I think he actually wants to live in America, but let's just say, you know, retire or whatever and be absolutely wedged, do whatever he wants to do. But what I don't get more often with golfers is they must still love it and be determined to win events because they could, like, Poulter, for example. I'm going to put my neck out so he's probably never going to win a major now. I might be wrong. I would like him to. He's probably never going to win a major. He might still win some PJ Tour events, I guess. But he could retire now and never have to work again. And now he might be a bit bored, obviously, but he must still love the game to some degree. He doesn't need to play. Mm. So he must still enjoy it to some degree, whereas Tiger's a different... He wants, he, the money's irrelevant to Tiger. He wants to beat Jack. So you, if you were to put... Name me five golfers who, a bit like Tiger, it's irrelevant now. They're just trying to make history. Tiger? I want to say Rory, but I think Rory still likes the dough. Yeah. He's not about history, is he? I don't... I, don't, I think he... DJ? I think DJ could be. I think Bry- I think Bryson is about history. Yeah. Obviously, he's about the money, but I think he's about history. I would have I think put Brooks Rory- is all about money. Yeah. I would have put Rory on the history side of things, but then that comment he made at that, uh, what was that, Mike, to prevent me, he said, like... Oh, he did that stupid thing to Matt Wolf talking about how he's got this put, how he's held bigger putts to win $10 yeah. million dollars before. Yeah. I think, what about something like a Justin Rose? Like, he's in the middle, because he's never going to become a... He's, he might win more majors, I hope he does. I do like Justin Rose. But he's never going to become a 
Tiger level where he's got more, you know, that many majors. Mm. But equally, he could comfortably retire tomorrow. So I wonder if he's like... They all must have. That's the interesting thing. They've all got separate goals, haven't 100%. they? hundred percent. Like, what's Rory got now? Four majors. Yeah. Will he be thinking, I want to get to double figures in my career? Yeah. You'd like you. You think he should be doing? Do you know what I mean? But then he's not won one since twenty fifteen, is it? Or I, don't, I don't know off the top of my head. Again, he's we're not fourteen. We're not proper golf podcast here, but as in like, what I find fascinating is, like, like you say, those kind of middle of the range, like a Stuart Sink. Mm. He's just won this weekend, like yeah. out of nowhere. Mad. What makes him get to every event every week, and he? And he'll be living a lovely lifestyle, don't get me wrong. But he's not living Tiger Woods' lifestyle. Like, that's a different yeah. level again, isn't it? Yeah. And, like, Poulter, actually, this is a really interesting one with Poulter. So, I, I love him, Poulter on Instagram. I think he's probably the... I honestly think he's the best tour player on Instagram. He's up there. I, I do. I think he's he's really... You know, he, he shows a really nice side to his life. Obviously, it's it's still private jets and fancy cars. I get that. But he shows his his kids, his, you know, cooking, daily life. I do like what Poulter does. But he mentioned this weekend, so he um, dropped his eldest daughter off at university. She's starting university or whatever. And he mentioned how he hates golf for all the things that he's missed with his family. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want, I don't, uh, correct me if I'm, I'm well, you might not know, know, but I don't know if that he was saying he hates golf still now because he's still missing things or whether he can pick and choose a bit more. Surely he can pick and choose now. But, like, I, I, I kind of get that. Like, I kind of get... There must there must be a level of resent sometimes because golf would have taken so much off these players from a lifestyle situation, i.e. memories that they might have missed. But... I get it, but at the same she time... loads of money. I know, but at the same time, you might have a single mother in London in a council flat with four kids who works three jobs and has to miss loads of stuff. Like, I just don't know how relatable yeah, no, that is. 100%. Like, when he was younger, Poulter, I'm sure he was grinding every day. His eldest daughter's, what, 18, I think, because she's going so, to yeah. uni. So 18 years ago, I'm, my math's going to be rushed. So 20 years ago, it was 2000 and... What year are we in now? 2000. Sure, yeah. So it was 2002. When he, so he, was, he was on the scene then, so he was doing all right. So since then... I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it, really? I mean, like I say, we'd never know until you actually... If, if It'd be really interesting if you... A lot of time from, away from home, admittedly. A lot of time from away from home. A lot of travel. And again, there's different lifestyles. There's, a, there's the, the private jet travel, which is amazing, I'm sure. And then there's the still got to slug it in commercial. I mean, obviously, they're still do, probably flying first class. And, yeah. and there's no. I'm not sorry for any of these guys, I'm sure. But like, it must be really somewhat challenging. The only ones I actually borderline do feel sorry for is guys that are on the European tour or Challenge tour who are struggling because it's not... I I remember I knew a lad that had, had a, played in the Open. He's been on the Challenge tour. He's actually won the Challenge tour. And I was at the range a couple of years ago and he was with, he was there and he said, I've got to go soon. I'm going over to Ireland for a Challenge tour event. Now, on paper, that sounds class. You're going to Ireland to play golf, but it wasn't. He was not doing amazing. He had to pay, obviously, his own money, obviously, to get a flight to Ireland, stay in a rubbish hotel with another lad because it was as cheap as it could be. Play two rounds of golf. If you've missed the cut, you've not made a penny. Literally not a penny. If you make the cut and you finish 20 yards, you might get a grand or something, which sounds great. Oh, grand for playing golf. But then you take your tax off that, take your airfare, take your hotel, take your petrol, take your rental car. You're coming after a week's work. Yeah, well, yeah. Coming after a week's work, you might have like 50 quid. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So in one way, you're a professional golfer and you could make it and live the dream. But equally, it's it's graft. Yeah, it's really hard. I think golfers who... Tour pros who still love it are the tour pros who still play when they're not getting paid. 
mm. i.e. they'll go and play with the pals yeah. or they'll go and just knock it around or they'll, you know, what? it's hard. I don't know the ins and outs of every single player, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. It is. We should put it maybe on the Facebook podcast mm. group and see what people say. I don't, I don't think I have a definitive answer because then we're not going to go into the whole of the amateur side. The amateurs probably don't enjoy it because they don't play as good a golf as they should do. Or they don't, you know, it would be amazing to have the luxury of playing like a tour player with your mates every weekend, yeah. but earn the money that you <laughs> a tour player. Like, I don't think that life exists, well, it doesn't. Anyway. That was good. I like it when we plan these podcasts, we've got three things to talk about, and all of a sudden we're talking. How long are we on already? 40 minutes, and oh, we've not even gone to the main. Yeah, right. So, the main event was. So, I've been struggling with driving, Rick, as you well know. And my current driver is a Cobra Speed Zone Extreme. You just hit and miss with it. It's just hit and miss with like it. Like, when you're on, you're ridiculous. Yeah, when it's off, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, my old driver, last year's driver, was a tailor-made M5, which I would say, and this isn't a club review, I would say the M5, the middle of the face, goes further than the Cobra. Okay. And it feels more powerful. However, my bad shot with the tailor-made is even worse, okay? So I'd lent the M5 to my brother. He used it for a little while. He wasn't so keen to give me back. So on Saturday, one of my friends was going to the driving range. He's called The Dope. Okay. okay. His nickname's The Dope. <laughs> nice. Um, and I went down as well with him. The Dope. The Dope. So I took <laughs> both my drivers <laughs> to the driving mean. range. Now, The Dope's driver, he's got a ping. The head had flew off it. So oh he's getting it fixed God, for free, right? Dope. So he's got no driver. So we're hitting balls next to each other. I've got two drivers. I think I'm looking forward to trying the M5 again, see if I can get it going, and I might put it back in the bag. And weirdly, I kind of like this sounds so sad. I kind of like the idea of having an old, an old-ish driver in the bag. I know it's not old, but like a two seasons old driver or whatever. Hit the M5. It was going horrendous. Went back to the Cobra. Cobra's going fine. So anyway, the dope then says, can I have a go with your tailor-made? He's hitting it. He's quite a strong lad. He's hitting it well. Downside is for him. He's got a very low, he's quite like across the line. He's got a low launch. I got a bit of spin, but good, good speed. Probably 110 mile an hour clubhead speed. So anyway, I said, let me just tweak it for you. I said, I don't want to be like a gimp tweeting. But anyway, so I've given him a bit more loft. I moved one weight to the front for a bit of a lower spin because I'd added up the loft. And then one weight towards the heel because he's a bit fade biased. He was crunching it, like absolutely smoking it. Like not quite as long as me, but longer than you. Do you know okay, what I mean? Okay, yeah, <laughs> that kind of dip. So it's like six yards less than me, six yards more than you. So then he was like, oh, God, it's nice. I said, you can have it if you want to buy it off me. I went, can I? So I had a look on, on eBay. The going rate for a good condition M5 is like well over 200 quid, right? So I said, the dope, if you want this driver, it's yours for 150 He was like, seriously? I said, Barking. yeah. It's got a Kuro Kagi shaft in it, Tynite 60X. Nice. It's got a multi-compound black and white this is head how you cover. Sold it to him. He wanted it already. I didn't have to sell it to him. He snapped my hand off. Been hit 20 times. Yeah. Give it him. A little bank transfer later. Money's in my bank. Driver's in his bag. Everyone's happy. Okay. So then I got thinking, although I'm happy to sell that to him because I don't use it anymore, has... Have we, has anybody ever bought, because he got a bargain, have you ever had a golf club that you've bought for an absolute steal that's like the best club ever? And equally on the flip side, have you ever sold a golf club for cheap and absolutely regretted it years later down the line? So we asked this on Facebook, which I'm not going to come on to yet, we've had some really good answers on Facebook. I've also asked you, Rick, off podcast, and I'm ready for your story in three, two, one, go. Well, I've got a really interesting one. Okay, and I'm going to tell one story about one club. Yeah, because I actually can answer the same question with just one club. Okay, so when I was a junior golfer, one of my I was a pretty decent putter when I was junior. I'd like to think I was a pretty decent putter. I'd say it was one of my strengths. 
And the putter I loved, like literally loved. It was the best putter I ever used. You know, I think it's the one of the best selling putters ever. Was the Odyssey two ball? Yes, the original. OG, OG, white, white face, and black grip. white and black grip. Um, slight kink in the neck. Yeah. I can't remember what you call the neck shape now. Like literally the the original, original, original one. And when used with the Callaway uh, Rule thirty five golf ball, because nice. that was the same cover, yeah. it felt just re- just unbelievable. Do you remember that the Callaway Rule thirty five had Callaway in a different way? It had in a straight line yeah. as opposed to the traditional Callaway it did. logo. Why was that? Just that it was the first golf balls introduced the red and the blue. Yeah. The colour rule 35. Blue was soft, red was firmer. I'm a nerd, aren't I? And it just had like it just the blue did, one. tried to use a different logo. They had it like straight. I don't know if it was easy to print, but it had like a straight font. And then the next line that came out was curved. Anyway. Because um, it was called rule 35 because there's 34 rules yeah, in golf. Yeah, that was like the 35th rules to use this ball or whatever. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I love this butter. Absolutely loved it. Amazing, right? As you do as a kid, things don't last forever. No. And I ended up, you know, potent- I think I acquired a Scotty Cameron putter, which the one I'd refurbished, actually. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the Trillium one, yeah, which yeah. is amazing. That was a bargain. So that was actually, I think, I think I might have even won that off another junior. So never, not <laughs> In even, a putting comp. Like, literally not even paid a penny for it. It's unbelievable. I've had it refurbished in the last couple of years, and it's it's stunning. So that, that's kind of another angle. Anyway, long story short, I ended up selling the two-ball putter for dirt cheap. Let's say 30 quid, right? After buying it for 150 quid probably at the yeah. time when it was out. I think they were either 139 or 149. So you, yeah. yeah. So I sold it for dirt cheap as a junior again. I probably just wanted a couple of chip butties, yeah. you know, a pack of balls and a new glove. Once that 30 quid's gone, it's the worst. You've, you've, you've spent the money. You think, oh, my, I could have had a two ball in my hand and now I've got nothing. Like business sense was not definitely a, a junior's uh, forte. I feel like juniors are the most savvy now. I feel like they'd be, they'd be, well, they could use things. They can go on golf bidder and things like that, yeah, can't they? Like true. when I was a kid, I had no idea. If someone offered me 30 quid, cash. Oh, yeah, cash. In the back pocket. But for 24 hours, you were a, a baller. I was making probably £5.50 a week on a paper round. So give me 30 quid cash and it's like burning the whole pocket. What Rick's not telling you is once you get that £30, he rung up the local news agency and went, you know that job? Yeah, shove it up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I made it now. Five weeks that he rang back. Uh, it's, it's Richard here. Five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Two days later. <laughs> I'll be back in on Monday, guys. I spent it. So yeah, sold it for stupid money. Really regretted it because I absolutely love that putter. But to be fair, I had the Trillium for a while. So then... Fast forward, let's think how many years this would have been. 10, 11 years, I'd yeah. say, right? I'm working in the pro shop at May Golf and Country Club. Mm-hmm. It was a Sunday afternoon. Jalen de Berg. I'm kind of making this up. This Head bit to up toe in bit. Yeah, yeah, I would have been. White belt, sweatbands on, visor, striped, pinstriped. Even mullet hair, maybe? <laughs> pinstriped, baby face, no beard. Working in the pro shop, probably slightly hungover, sick of selling chocolate bars and Mars bars, uh, Mars bars and Cokes and whatever. Watching the sports on TV, yeah. no customers in on Sunday afternoon. Rick had an iPhone four and he's doing Facebook <laughs> status like he didn't. He just put like Rick Shields is hungover and tired. CBA with work, <laughs> WID not not with with work. <laughs> <laughs> you literally nailed it. That is exactly me. I had a little Citroen C2. I had it lower. And I had 20, 20 inch rims on it, which were way too big. Um, so yeah, I'm in the pro shop, bored out my head, thinking I just want to. I want to finish the job now. Not the actual job, but today, the, the day of work. Later in the day, some 
unsuspected customer walks in, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking, bloody hell, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching yeah. football here on the TV. Like, why have you walked in? By the way, this is what goes through every assistant pro's head. Oh, yeah, If, sure. if you walk in at a pro shop before closing hours, this is what's going through an assistant's head. So he starts looking at the putters, right? Thinking, bloody hell. And we had a little putting green out, you know, near the putter rack. So he was rolling a few and, you know, he, he found himself being fond of a, of a particular putter. I can't quite remember what it was now, right? So anyway, he comes to the till. And it was quite a pricey putter. I think it was like nearly 200 quid. He comes to the till and says, you know, I, I want to buy this putter, please. I went, all right, not a problem, you know. Thinking that that was pretty easy. Thinking, oh, now I've got to go in the back, find the head cover. Yeah, it's always lost. Oh, for God's sake! Right, okay. If you have to buy it, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he also said, "Is there any discount on it?" I said, "Well, there isn't. It's it's like a new range putter, blah blah blah." He said, "Do you do part exchange?" And technically, no, we didn't. Mm. We didn't do part exchange at the at the pro shop. It just wasn't anything we ever did. And I said, "No." But what is I was interested, what is it you've got? And he said, Well actually it's a Odyssey. Ooh. Two ball. Oh. And I'm thinking, Holy crap. Yeah. The holy grail. Talk to me. An Odyssey two ball. You want to trade an Odyssey two ball in for this putter, yeah. right? So suddenly my ears picked up. Suddenly we did do pie exchange. Yeah. Of right. So I went, bring it in. You know, I think I might have acted a bit cool. Oh yeah, bring it in, whatever, you know. If you have to. Yeah. So he went to his car, brought the Odyssey 2 ball in, and it was amazing. It literally, original grip, original head cover. It was in pristine condition. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, this is, instantly, I was thrown back 10, 11 years on the putting green at my local golf course, mm-hmm. holding everything, using my Callaway Rule 35 ball. Yeah. Like, it all came flooding back to me. I yeah. was there. I was in the moment. So at this point... I was teaching. I had a bit of cash in my back pocket. I wasn't shy of, you know, a bit of hard work. <laughs> so I thought to myself, okay, this could be a little opportunity here. He wants to trade this putter in. He wants money off this putter that he's going to buy in the shop. Mm-hmm. But we don't technically do trade-ins. I can see how this is going. So I thought, right, let's let's think of something here. So as I'm rooting in the back for his head cover, let's say, let's call he was buying a ping putter, right, let's say. So I'm rooting in the back, finding this ping redwood you know, you know the really fancy yeah, yeah, one. Because yeah. I think that's what it might might have been. Getting it out, bringing it out, and thinking to myself, how, how can I get this two ball? I want that two ball. Like I want it. It's mine. Like <laughs> give it to me. So I came out and I thought to myself, well, hold on. How much technically is this going to be sold for now? Because it's it's a long time now. Yeah, yeah. This is forty years. You know, forty years. To, 10, 11 years past now. This is this is a relic. Mm-hmm. Even though technically on on golf bidder or ebay they're going for fortunes because yeah. it's super rare now so i thought i'm going to offer him a, i'm going to offer him cash <laughs> in his hand an offer he can't refuse so i said okay not a problem well you know we can this puts us 100 quid 200 quid let's say um if you're going to trade in that odyssey we'll knock you 40 quid off so 160 quid cash mm-hmm. okay or on the card and yeah. you can have that ping putter yeah and he went all right okay um yeah okay so he paid £160. Yeah. You chucked in the 40 I chucked in the 40 once he left the shop. Yeah. You had so, the so £200 in the till for the for the ping putter, whatever it was. Yeah. And I now, after 11 years and £10 of of difference. Net, net loss. Net loss, a pound per year, which I could live with. Yeah. In my hand again, I had my Odyssey two-ball putter. And, and you know what? To the degree, I actually think it was mine. I think full oh, yeah. circle, that putter 
It found me. That, it found me, that putter. That story, is, there's actually those lads that are drinking beer in the corner of there. There's a tear in their eye. It's one of them that can't cope. He's just got a little, little, little finger in his eye wiping out the tears. So I mean, emotional. I mean, that talk about... I, 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 and I've still, to this day, I've still got now, Guy. Yeah, still got it. I have now at home my Odyssey 2 ball, still in pristine condition, and my Scotty Cameron Trillium putter. So you look, you look, hey, eleven-year-old Rick back in old, you know, knew what he was doing. Back in those days, he knew what he was doing. He knew that that was the right business sense <laughs> because I got a free putter, Scotty Cameron, off a mate on a putting comp. I spent my thirty pound and felt like a baller for the weekend. Yeah, twenty year, ten years later, I'm ten pounds worse off, granted, but I've got my putter back. It's a good story that I enjoyed that. <laughs> I don't know how long it went on for, but I, I can't know. And it was it kept me entertained. I actually have got another one, but. We'll keep it at that. Yeah, maybe say that for next week because we might get some more emails in. <laughs> but um, it feels like, from what I'm seeing on, online, that a lot of the regrets are putters. And I've done it myself. I remember selling. It was, it's not quite as good a story as that. But I had the Yes Putter, Tracy 2, nice. which was pure. And for about six months, I worked behind a bar in a local pub. And a few of the blokes there started playing golf. And I was off like five at the time. So they all thought I was the best thing about golf ever. And I had a, a, this yes putter. And I think I got a Scotty or whatever. And one of them said, I'll give you like 40 quid for it. Sold it. At the time, 40 quid, great. Now, I'd love to have that. Yeah, it's the one that Fitzpatrick was using. Yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. like a, a copy version made now. Um, but we've got some off Facebook. So we've had one from Sean. He said, I traded in a Scotty Cameron Studio Select about 10 years ago. Absolutely regretted it ever since. I got like £90 for it, and now send for like 200 quid. Ouch. So that's that would be one that you'd really kick yourself oh, if you sold a, like a limited don't edition. Don't sell a Scotty unless you have to. Imagine if you'd sold one of those original ping putters, you know the ping answers yeah, where the, the serial oh, number on the yeah, back yeah. is like... Because I always remember, again, when I used to work at me and I used to see a lot of golf clubs, a lot of old members there, and, and I'd you know, look in the bags every now and again and, and they've, or they're on the putting green and they've got a ping answer, I'd be like... Let's have a look at a ping answer. And I'd, I'd, I'd be obsessed with the serial number because yeah. I think I learned it online, whatever. The, I never found but one. But they went for like the thousands and thousands. And a, and a bit of more good news though, Mike Cook, he picked up a bargain. He has said, I bought a set of Callaway X-Forge 2009, which is, a, I think, the quite nice one, small head, 80 quid after, after, after having all my clubs um, stolen. Even though I've since bought... Taylor made PSIs and then Juno JPEX 919. I still keep going back to them. Yeah, don't sell them. Yeah. Um, we've then got one off Matthew, uh, sorry, Martin, who says, I bought a Ping Crazy Mallet uh, off a mate for 25 quid. Still love the putter and I thought it was a bargain at the time. It is, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that's. This is a big putter. one from um, Ryan Harper. I regret getting rid of my Titleist 910D driver. Ooh, I bought yeah. the best upgrade to a new model uh, a few years ago and bought the Callaway Rogue. Um, sometimes a new model that goes a few yards further is still not worth it. I miss the sound of flight of my 910, which I get. Um, well, in the golf bidder challenge I did a couple of years ago with Pete, and I put a really classic Titleist driver in the bag. That was the, which one it, it was, was the 907. Uh, oh, yeah. And I loved it that much. I ended up buying it from golf bidder and actually keeping it. because I, I just thought it was great too good driver. not to have. How on it? Another good one from Matthew. He's uh, Matthew Lister. He said, I bought a second-hand tailor-made R11 drive from a granddad for his birthday. I paid 30 quid at the pro shop. He's had it for about four years and said he'll never swap it because it's that good. Wow. Uh, and then the last one is actually from The Dope. He's wrote, <laughs> no he's joined way. the podcast with Andy Gillespie. His actual real name he is... He got ripped off he's by an said, M5 quite driver. a good little comment. He's bought, got an M5 drive yesterday for a bargain price. Only problem is, have to wait for the greens clear on par fours now. Flex. Flex. <laughs> nice. So that was good. Um, 
I think that maybe again next week we'll roll this over. If you've got any clubs that you've bought for an absolute bargain and you made up with, let us know. And equally, if you've sold anything for certainly two less, that's even better. Email us podcast at richshields.com and let us know because they were quite interesting. Yeah. Uh, it might not be a, it won't be a, a weekly feature as such, but I'd definitely like to see that carried over into next week and see what we've got. And then, kind of lastly, Rick, we I've got some questions. We've got a few, yeah. I'm um, going to read them out quickly. Actually, great, on the, go on for the it. Instagram. Yeah, on the Instagram, I'm, I'm going to read this one out first because I've seen this comment a few times, and I think I would be delighted with it, and my wife would be even more delighted with it. After watching the fall on Netflix, I'm sure Rick is also Emmett J. Scanlon. Have you seen him? No, I've, not. I've heard he's the falls. Going to be really good. Ridiculously good look. Like he's like a god. So you yeah, thank you like for you. that. He does. This oh, guy wow. does. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, do we have a Rick a head cover going on sale soon or what? Uh, soon. Ooh. I've been talking with the head cover company and we've, we're changing the design slightly because I don't believe uh, we can have the Nike swoosh on it. But <laughs> stay tuned. I might do some giveaways first and then um, start selling them. We'll see what Bad happens. Idea. Out of all the clubs you have tested, what is your favourite one? Oof. It's hard to say. I, that's really hard to say honestly and I don't think it's going to go down dead well the Swingless Golf Club yeah <laughs> like, what it is it's... like that is literally the best the best of the best I don't think there's anything there's not a standout club that I've ever tested and gone that's amazing um, new studio irons what's that I don't know what that means I don't know um, do you think you'll be playing golf with Gareth Bale anytime soon well it's, it's possibly there's rumours that he's going to be coming to United now. Is it like loan on a, le- loan on a, on a 12 month loan? I don't know if that's going to happen. He's not getting. He's not playing at Real Madrid, is he? He's the Dan doesn't like yeah. him. I don't think so. If someone can pay his wages for a year, exactly. What would you do if you won the lottery? Oh, that's one I screenshotted. What would you do? <laughs> we could probably have to downside from his cast. Downside from his castle. Something a bit smaller. Um, <laughs> um I'm not sure. I feel like I had more. Um, I, I feel like if you asked me five or six years ago, or, or probably even before that, I had a really structured plan <laughs> about what I'd do. And now I'm like, I'm not really. You that. know what? I always think if I had a limited budget of money, I'm not that into cars, but I'd like to have three cars. Yeah, I would. So I'd Sporty. Have, I'd have a sports car like a Lamb. Well, actually, a, a Ferrari drove past me yesterday, actually. A red one, standard. And part of me thought, you know what? Genuinely, if I only have one car now. It wouldn't be a Ferrari. I don't actually like them that much. However, no, if you could have three, if cars. I had three, I'd have a Ferrari, a McLaren style. That I'm not getting specific. I don't know cars that well, so I don't want to get too down I'd prob- into specifics. I'd probably them, pre-order the Tesla Roadster. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fair. I'd have like an R8. Something like that amazing. as one. That's like your your show-off car. Yeah, that's your weekend. You know what that is? That this is what for Rick that would be. You're going out with Claire. For a meal in like a Manchester on like no a Friday kids. night, no kids. You park it on WL lines. So what if you get fined fifty Who quid? Cares? That's literally change. <laughs> Throw it at the parking man after that. Bang. <laughs> that's, um, nice that's one. Yeah, that's, that's not really real. Let's pretend it is. License plate YouTube one. Yeah, YouTube one mil. Um, <laughs> then you've got your more like daily driver, which for me I'm seeing as like a bigger car. So not not a four by four yet. That's my third choice, but something like a BMW. 8 Series or an Audi S8 or something that's like bigger. It's your family style car. It's still absolutely rapid. Or you could even go Tesla or yeah. less, done up to the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got your 4x4. Four four. Yeah. We're talking your massive Range Rover. Yeah. Your um, BMW X, is it X7 they've got now, which is huge. Something like that, which is like going for a golf weekend. 
I need luggage. Yeah. I need speed. Yeah. I need comfort. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably... The only thing I would possibly change in that lineup, I probably wouldn't go saloon. I'd go... I'd probably go the sports car. Yeah. A big car for the family. Like a 4 by 4 Like style. a 4 by 4 And then weirdly, like a really cool pickup. Okay. Don't know why. You know what else I really like as well? You sometimes, sometimes see it with like footballers when they have almost like an almost a... Is it Kante or someone who's a famous footballer has like a mini? And I don't know what... A qu- really cool I qu- mini. I quite class. like the ad, like have like a normal car as Do well. Do you know why? Do you know why? So let's say right now I, I drive a fairly big car. Me, I hate just going to Sainsbury's. Yeah, just around the corner for me, I hate it because I'm like, I've got to park it. I always have to park it miles away because the parking spaces are way too small. Um, like, and, and I wouldn't want to take the sports car. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, uh, you know, flex if I've got parking. But just five minutes around the corner, going a really zooped up mini that yeah. sounds mint that you can just stick anywhere because it's dead tiny. I like that. See, I, I was going to upgrade to uh, an E-class Merc, but the Golf's just more practical. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go wrong with a good old-fashioned diesel Golf, and you know it's true. Um, one quick one then, actually, another one I quite like off Marcus Reese. Um, I don't quite know if he's correct in saying this, but let's listen to it anyway. He said, why do Titleist sponsor lots of players, but TaylorMade sponsor a handful of big names? So... I think what he's meaning is Titleist sponsor a lot of people for golf ball because that's Titleist. If you don't know, their main part of the business really is golf ball, isn't it? It started off as golf ball. It, I think it still is the main focus. Really, it's where the most money is. Um, whereas TaylorMade, for example, do through the bag deals now with your Tigers, your Jason Days, your Rory's, Dustin Johnsons, Matt Wolves, Colin Marikawa. Spot. Um, probably forgotten somebody there. Inevitably, say DJ. Probably. So they're more about your say Tiger. Yeah. Sorry, I was reading questions. They're sorry. more your absolute marquee names, but to tell you, I don't know actually from an ROI point if it. I'm sure it does pay off because they wouldn't be still doing it. But recently, the Did you say Matt Wolf, Jason Day I said, yeah. Um, sorry, it's all right. But recently, the marketing stuff on like the YouTube channel that Taylor Made's been doing, utilizing the athletes, is outstanding. Yeah, it's so good. It is, regardless if you like Taylor Made clubs or not, the way they have those golfers to make content for them in this, in this day and age of mobile content or whatever is so good well they literally have a day with them don't they yeah and they have they do all the fancy commercials all the, with the cool music and the you know the, the the to be fair they really do put some really good editing stuff together tailor-made with the commercials and stuff but they're really cool adverts hitting drones out the sky and all this cool stuff and that's really good for tv and it's really good for mainstream but then there's been uploading some stuff onto YouTube, which is just raw, well, behind yeah. the scenes, like no music, just roll the cameras and just clip things together. Well, and they did like a longest drive tournament. They did like a they did a shortest drive tournament. Yeah, DJ was, and um, Jason Day, but I loved like it's well, so have engaging. You seen it's when so clever. England football team have a a tournament or a match. A couple of days before, all the players go to St George's Park. I think it's the Midlands, where it's like their training facility to yeah. stay there. And on the England football YouTube channel, they always do this video, and it sounds so rubbish on paper, but it's absolute class. And literally all it is is like a fly on the wall for like 10 minutes of filming the players arriving. So good. So it shows like a Mercedes, the standard like big black things, pull up, slide in door, Marcus Rashford jumps out. Next thing, Harry Kane. And you, all, want, you want to see what trains he's wearing? All, yeah. The is he wearing, has he got AirPods? Has yeah. he got bows on? Has he got wired Exactly. Headphones? They come out. And they obviously they used to always shake hands, but they can't. They, they met by some England staff. It's like, 
hi Marcus, hi Harry, how are you? Oh yeah, I'm great. Uh, that's when you need to get your little bag from with your room key in it. Uh, we're going down there for lunch at 12. And then it just shows the players then meeting, oh yeah, mate, how's it going? And honestly, it's class um, because it's so kind of raw. Yeah, I love and that's that. what Taylor made need to do more of. Just sh- imagine showing the start of the day where all the players meet. The Tiger, Jason Day, Rory. That'd be sick. Yeah, it'd be really, really good. Yeah, so um, what was the question? That was why did Taylor made have oh, yeah, less tight players list. than tight list? But. And then I think tight list do somewhat blanket cover a lot of what's the right word? Reliable golfers. Like mm. most of the time, if you looked at the top ten of players on the PJ Tour, European Tour, there's going to be a Titleist representative up there of some degree with all Titleist out, probably wearing foot joy, you know, probably a bit like an Ian Poulter type character where it's just, you know what you're going to get to some degree. Um, but like I say, I think from what I understand, obviously TaylorMade dropped a lot of players last year and they're spending a lot of money, a lot of money on the big guys on six or seven of the biggest of the biggest of the biggest. That's the way to do it. Where are we up to? I think we're done. Okay, so a little bit of housekeeping before Rick signs off. <laughs> Email us at podcastofrickshields.com if you want to feature on the, f- let's call it the first Dear Rick, because this week was a tester. We dipped our toe in the water. So this week, we'll, next week will be the first ever Dear Rick. So start your email with Dear Rick or Dear Rick and Guy. I'd have to be first on that one. That's fine. Let, <laughs> let Rick have his moment to shine. I've, I've been getting in guys here and said, just, will you let me yeah. have a say in the podcast? <laughs> um, so that's the first thing. Um, this, if, if you want to be listener of the week again, you know the criteria for that by now. But without, I know this sometimes annoys people, but please, if you enjoy the podcast and you're on Apple, rate it five. Well, don't have to rate it five stars. Just rate it, ideally five stars, because it, the more ratings we get, it helps us climb the charts. And at the minute, we're the number one golf podcast in the UK, which is fantastic. Great. But we're getting close to being in the top 10 for all sports in the UK. Wow. And if we can, even if we just do that for one week, that would be outstanding. Well, that's what gets that's what gets the sponsorship deals, everybody. We, yeah, we need a sponsor. We're, we're <laughs> sick of giving this free content away week in, week out. So <laughs> it's your choice. You can help us um, by rating the podcast, sharing it with friends. And also, weirdly, make sure you actually hit the subscribe button because if you listen to the podcast once or twice, it's great because Apple then pushes it into your feed every week, but you might actually be subscribed. And um, is it... You mentioned that if you're not subscribed, don't they get it later? And Yeah, this does sound like a plug, but it's genuinely true. If you're not... This podcast is now getting... Well, nearly 11 o'clock in the UK in the morning here. We'll upload this in the next half an hour, and then it'll go... So subscribers should be able to listen to it by, let's say, 1 o'clock. But annoyingly, for people who aren't subscribed, it won't be visible till, like, maybe in the evening. And I don't know why it is. Well, that's non-subscribers' fault. Yeah. To subscribe. Subscribe. Um... Great, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for putting such a great show together today. Guy, as always, we are about to go and do some filming. I'm about to neck a pint with the boys. Yeah. I'm going to have a Possibly take cordial a with the boys. tequila shot. It's 11 a.m. in the morning. I think that's right. I actually quite like doing it outside. It was quite refreshing. Lovely weather. We're not probably going to do that again for the rest of the year because it's going to be freezing now. We're back in the garage with more content coming very soon guys thanks for listening stay tuned lots more to come some great videos coming this week as well hopefully you're going to enjoy them and we'll see you next time peace out